I'm a covenant man Living in the riches of my Lord and King I'm a covenant man Committed to Him in everything I do believe He'll come again And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then Is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Covenant Living Broadcast. Glory to God. I'm David Weeder and this is my wonderfully beautiful wife, <laughs> Lynn Weeder. And you are watching a broadcast devoted and dedicated to the study and teaching of the Word of the Living God. Glory to God. Now, before I go any further though, I do want to do one thing. The end of this week is my mother's birthday. And so, Mom, if you're out there, you happen to see this broadcast, I just want to tell you, happy, happy birthday, birthday, and we love you, and enjoy the broadcast. <laughs> okay, now, glory to God. Let's turn over, well, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this broadcast and the opportunity to teach and preach the word Holy Spirit, I'm asking you for, to minister to every single person watching or in the sound of my voice. Minister to them. Bring revelation of the Word into their lives. Help them transform their lives by renewing their minds to the things of the Word. I thank you. I praise you. Jesus, you are so good. So good to every individual. Offering them, offering us the choice to live in the blessing or to live in the curse, which is what the, the world system is governed by. Thank you. For giving us the blessing, the opportunity, the ability to live exempt from the laws that govern sin and death, poverty and lack, destruction. And thank you for showing us how in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about this week. We've been talking about it for a while, and we're going to get into and look at some examples this week in the Word of exemptions that have taken place throughout the course of history. And so, first of all, let's turn over to, uh, to Romans chapter 8, verse 2, and let's, talk, let's see what we're talking about on this exemption uh, that, that you're talking about. Because you may not have heard the previous broadcast. If you haven't, go back and listen to them. I won't tell you that. But, but just to get you caught up so you don't have to and still know what's going on. Romans 8, chapter, uh, verse 2 says, But the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has already made me free from the law of sin and death. And that word free means exempt. So the law of the spirit of life has actually made us exempt from the laws that, that resulted from sin that, that governed death, disease, poverty, destruction of all type. And so the, 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 the amazing part about it is that the Lord has always wanted his people 
to live in the operational system called the blessing that he released in the Garden of Eden. And even after sin entered and death by sin, God saw to it that there was some way that his people, the people that hearkened to the word, the people that did the word, the people that believed in him, had the ability and the right to choose to live exempt from all the bad stuff in the world. That sounds oversimplified, but it's not. In the garden was only good. God created and it was good. God created and it was good. God created and it was good. It wasn't until sin came in that there was bad. (laughs) But he provided a way out of the bad. And we're going to look at a lot of those examples today. But one of the things that we're going to cover is the fact that there's a double meaning in that verse where it talks about law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the law of sin and death. There is an overarching law, which is you can actually see it referred to in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. Joshua 1, 7 says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. So in that day, he's talking about, I mean, Moses, what Moses wrote was the scripture. He's talking about the word of God. Uh, Turn not to it, from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper. That's what he wants. Whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law, this book that contains the word of the living God, uh, shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate. You know, the, the, the Amplified Classic, I like the way it says it. It talks about murmur and say and meditate and think about. And that's, that's what we do all the time. Meditate therein day and night. Yep, that's all the time that thou mayest observe to do. So it's not just hearing and meditating on it, but you've got to observe to do what's written in the word of God. Then thou shall make your way prosperous, and then thou shall have good success. So it talks about all this written in there. So you, so this is the law. All that is written in the Word of God. Inside the law are many laws or principles of how to function inside the Scripture. So there's a double meaning there. It's talking about the law of the Spirit of life. But then it's also talking about the laws that come from that that are contained in the Word. And those are the laws by which we function that produce the manifestation of the blessing in our lives. Now, these laws are such laws as, well, Romans chapter 3, verse 27 actually refers to the law of faith. So faith is a law. And it contains certain things, certain, certain ways that it functions. So there's the law of faith. There's the principle or the law of tithing. You know, a lot of people try to say that that law was only under the 
the the law the that was Testament. contained yeah the old testament law but nee. <laughs> you can find that law all the way from the garden of eden through the the second covenant our covenant the everlasting covenant and we're going to look into all of that and you'll you'll be able to see it then there's the law of sowing and reaping now that law we're going to look at it is actually in effect as long as this earth exists and then we've got the the law of binding and loosing. Jesus, when he was on the earth, said that was actually a key to the kingdom. Okay, that's what we're looking at. Kingdom laws, kingdom principles. We are in Christ Jesus. We are citizens, the word says, of heaven. And so we're already in that kingdom. We need to be operating by the laws that govern that kingdom. Just like you said a couple broadcasts ago, a U.S. ambassador to another country operates by the laws of the United States. They don't operate. They're not bound by. I mean, if it, were, if it happens to be the same law, fine, that's great and everything like that. But they're not bound by the law of the country in which they're residing. They're bound by the laws of the country from which they are citizens. Well, and they'll even typically have property and land and stuff that is the equivalent of what they would have in the United States. You know, even, uh, I'm trying to remember which country it was, but there was one country that was fairly poor and you came up to the ambassador's house and it was nice. Mm -hmm. It had grass, it had good plumbing, it had good electricity mm -hmm. because it he was living the way he would live in the United States. It's a picture and a description we, we looked at between the blessing and the curse. Stark differences between the two. You want in the blessing system. <laughs> That's where you want to live. And he gave us the choice, Deuteronomy 30. He said, I place before you the choice. You can live in the blessing. You can live in the curse. You can live in life. You can live in death. You choose. And then he even said what I just did, choose life, <laughs> you know. He gave you a hint. Yeah, he gave you a big hint, a big hint. So today, though, is very exciting because uh, we're, we're going to go back and trace through, and there's many, 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 many more than what we're going to look at. But we're going to trace through and look at some of the wondrous exemptions that God provided through the blessing for his people to not be poor, destitute, um, suffer poverty and lack and, and all of the, the horrible things that go with that. But, you know, the neatest one is just people talk about economic collapse worldwide mm -hmm. with everything that's been going on the last few years. Well, <laughs> there is an example in Genesis 6 and 7. I'm talking about chapters 6 and 7. There's a, an example of show enough worldwide economic collapse and destruction. And we call it the Great Flood. I mean, there is not, I mean, okay, it sounds funny. I, okay, I'll grant you that. Sounds funny. But look at it. Realistically, it was destruction of every system of, of commerce. It was destruction of farming. It was destruction of agriculture. It was destruction of everything. There was no uh, financial me. I mean, everything was wiped out. The whole earth was destroyed. Well, I mean, even their home. Yeah, everything. Home, business. Well, they had some livestock. <laughs> but look, they, but, but God, but God, 
but God. Look at Genesis chapter 7 and verse 16. This is just, I like the way the word says it. And they that went in, okay, we got God's people. It says that, that uh, Noah was righteous in his generation. God's people. They had the ability and they had the choice. God told them they had God's word. God said, get an ark. They could have said no. But they hearkened and obeyed and did the word of the Lord. And they believed him. Faith was involved or they wouldn't have done it. Their corresponding actions was build Built the, the ark. ark. And get in when he said get in. Yeah. Because there was timing of all of that. And then like it says in Deuteronomy, he shall, it shall come to pass. Well, verse 16, and they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh as God commanded him and the Lord shut him in. The Lord saw to it personally. Now, if you, if you look that up in the Hebrew, it actually says the Lord provided deliverance. The Lord delivered. He shut them in, sealed them, raised them up. He just floated up above all that destruction that took place. Now that, that, my brothers and sisters, was an exemption from the results, the literal results of sin and death in the earth. The worldwide destruction, except for God's people, they were shut in and delivered. Glory to God. Anyway, so that's the first example I wanted to look at. Now, turn over to 2 Kings. We're going to take our time and look at these things from the standpoint of our exemption. Okay? You've heard most of these stories. You have heard probably most of your life, particularly in uh, Sunday school. And, you know, these the Sunday school stories. Well, unfortunately, that's the way most people look at them is just cute little stories. Mm -hmm. But we're going to look at them very purposefully with the concept of God's exemption and living in the blessing system as opposed to the curse system. So that's what we're focusing in on. That's the aspect. They're not just cute little stories. These things actually happened. They happened for a reason, and they happened because of certain principles that were placed in action. Okay? That's what we're going to be examining. So look at, at 2 Kings chapter 4, and we're going to verse, we're going to verse, <laughs> we're going to start in verse 1. Now, there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha. Now, Elisha is the prophet. In the first covenant, he was the one who spoke the word of God. Okay, it wasn't available. Not everybody could hear the voice. Or there, well, there was no inward witness because they, it wasn't inward. <laughs> he wasn't in us yet. Okay, so Elisha the prophet was the word of God. Now, the wife cried out and said, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And you know <laughs> that your servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. Okay, so evidently there's a lot of debt involved. Mm -hmm. And it's been going on for a while because it's not just the first day of debt someone comes to take your sons. Right. 
you know. So this is a situation, and it's a financial situation. And Elijah said unto her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, Thine handmaiden has not anything in the house, save except a pot of oil. Then he said, so this is the word of God to this woman. Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And when you are come into, or when you are come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shall pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Okay. That was the word of God. To her, that was Galatians 3.13. That was the word of God. So she went from him and did. <laughs> she shut the door upon her and upon her sons, brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. So she hearkened. She obviously believed or she wouldn't have went home and said, okay, sons, that's what we got to do. We got to go get pots. We got to go knock door to door. Hey, yeah. we need a pot. And they did. She heard the word. She hearkened diligently to it. She believed it and she did it. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet another vessel. And he said unto her, there is not another vessel more. And the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, the word of God said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and live you and your children of the rest. Glory to God. Now tell me that's not money, finance, getting someone out of debt. But she did it the way Deuteronomy instructed. She hearkened diligently into the word of God. She believed it and she did it. Glory to God. Now look on down. We're going to see another example down here starting in verse 42. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Of course, Here we go. back on that one with go and sell the oil and stuff. Today, if you said, okay, you have this in your possession, go sell it. There's people that would say, oh, but the market's not right for it. Right, How am I supposed right. to sell all of this stuff? I'm not a door-to-door -door salesman. Right. And there's things like that that people hear that. And they're like, well, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. It, well, I mean, the part about pouring the oil into the pots didn't either. Right. But I mean, just something as simple as go sell it. I have seen people turn away from that word. Mm -hmm. And they didn't diligently hearken. Well, they may have they may have diligently hearkened, but they didn't believe it. Because if they believed it, they would have put corresponding action to it. And so it didn't work. And then most of the time they blame God. Anyway. He didn't give me the right word. That's right. <laughs> they didn't want, he didn't give me the word I wanted. <laughs> All right. So now I want to look down at verse 42. Now this is very interesting because here we have an identical example in the first covenant and the second covenant. Verse 42 of uh, 2 Kings chapter 4. And there came a man from Baal-shalizar. Shal how do you say that? Uh, <laughs> okay. And brought the man of God bread of the first fruits. Twenty loaves of barley and full ears of corn in the husk thereof. And he said, give unto the people that they may eat. And his servant said, what? Should I set this before a hundred men? 
Now, if you read that in other translations, he's like, that's not near enough for a hundred hungry men. He said again, the word of the Lord, give the people that they may eat for thus saith the Lord, they shall eat and shall leave thereof or have extra. So he said it before them and they did eat and left thereof according to the word of the Lord. They had the word. He finally believed it and he did it and they ate and had plenty left over. Look in the new covenant at John chapter six, John chapter six and verse five. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company coming to him, he said unto Philip, whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, A hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that everyone may have a little. Then one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There's a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? I mean, it's just like copy and paste. Well, you can say copy and paste nowadays. You know. Old covenant, new covenant. The guy said the same thing. How am I going to put this in front of all these people? It's not nearly enough. And verse 10, and Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was so much grass in the place. So the men sat down in numbers about 5,000 and Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks. Now, the other accounts in the, in the New Testament said when he had blessed it, we know exactly what he said, what the original blessing was. Be fruitful. Multiply. <laughs> he needed some multiplication right here. And the blessing system has it. Glory to God. Woo. Okay. Uh, he, he blessed it. And then he gave, uh, distributed it to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down. And likewise of the fishes, as much as they would, as much as they wanted. It wasn't just... Take a little piece yeah, and pass take, it. Take a bite and pass it along. Take a bite, pass it along. No, no, no. He gives us richly all things to enjoy. They could eat as much as they wanted. And when they were filled, he said to the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the few barley loaves which remained over and above. Someone say over and above. The really cool thing about it is, you know, there's a couple different Greek words for baskets and there's one that's like a small, you know, hand basket, lunch pail, something like that. Then there's the basket that they lowered Paul in. Paul in a full-size man fit in that basket. That is the word for full-size man-size basket. And who do you suppose got all those baskets of food to take home to his mama? That little boy that sowed the seed of his lunch, his food, into Jesus' ministry so that Jesus' ministry could distribute it to all these thousands of people. Jesus blessed it. 
multiplied it. Now, you cannot convince me there were 12 baskets, man-sized baskets, of food left over. One for each disciple to gather up and carry home <laughs> for that little boy to his mama to help impress upon their thinking that there is nothing too big for God, yes, but there's nothing too big that the blessing won't provide it because he blessed the food and they're carrying the results of it. And they didn't get any of it, except what they ate. Right. But that little boy sure did. Glory to God. The blessing of the Lord. You've got the blessing operational system. You've got the curse operational system. Jesus operated in and taught the blessing system and demonstrated it in their lives right before their eyes. The blessing worked in the first covenant. The blessing works in the second covenant, and the blessing will work right here, right today. That little boy sowed his seed, and we haven't got to that yet, but we're going to go into the law of sowing and reaping. Everything Jesus said in the kingdom is like as a man sows the seed and reaps the harvest. Everything. That's the blessing, one of the blessing principles. And so this little boy... He sowed his lunch, and it took 12 full-size men carrying 12 baskets the size of men to carry home his harvest. Glory to God. That's how these things work. And right now, we're going to give you an opportunity to do like that little boy did and tap in to the laws that govern these things. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan Weeder, and... Uh, you just heard an amazing message today, a message of faith, a message of the, the gospel, Jesus. And uh, we wanted to give an opportunity for you today that if you feel it on your heart to, to give, to do so. I'll open your Bibles with me here today in, uh, to the book of Philippians in chapter 4. We'll be starting in verse 15. It says, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all in abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things you sent to me, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And that's what happens when you give. When you give to the gospel, it is a sweet-smelling aroma to the Lord. As it says here, it's at the very beginning, it's the sharing and the spreading of the gospel, touching lives, touching hearts, just being a blessing and sharing the good news of Jesus to others. And in response, God provides. It's seed time and harvest, giving and receiving, sowing and reaping. And today we want to give you that opportunity in doing so, in giving and donating to the spread of the gospel here, the spread of the word, teaching faith and blessings. And in response, God 
has abound, abundance abounding toward you, supplying all your need. And again, it is that sweet-smelling aroma. It is sharing the gospel. And we want to thank you for doing so, for giving, for donating, touching lives through this donation and this offering. And we do appreciate it. We thank you for it. And say it with me, Jesus is Lord. Thank you, partners and friends, for helping make these broadcasts possible. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, and you can also listen to our broadcasts on iTunes. Contact us at davidweeder.org or call us at 1-800-988-5380 for more information about our ministry and how to become a partner.